Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. Hear these words. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gennesenes. And when he had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him any more, even with a chain. For he had often been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart, and the shackles he broke in pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him. And he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he had said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. He begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there on the hillside a great herd of swine was feeding. And the unclean spirits begged him, Send us into the swine, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out, of the, came out and entered the swine. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, I should begin by saying this phrase, God helps those who help themselves. I really wanted it to be true, right? Like, uh, I believe in hard work. Uh, I was raised uh, with a good German Protestant work ethic, and uh, part of my upbringing uh, is, was a little different from my, my peers. We lived in a, a suburb of a big city, uh, but we, it was like a, I lived on a farm. Uh, I had a garden, and we plowed that garden, and uh, I had to mow the yard. I mean, by the time I was like eight or nine, I'm not exaggerating, I had to push that lawnmower, and the hardest thing is to get that thing started if you only weigh like 45 pounds. So, you know, you had to push it, and that's, how, that's what you did. When I would um, misbehave, or which I never did, um, apparently I did it a lot because I have this story to tell you, um, is I, we, I'd have to go up to the woodpile. I grew up in Indiana, uh, so we had cold winters. I'd have to go up to the woodpile, and I'd bring the wood back. And you can imagine this small, petite, nine-year-old boy swinging a 20-pound sledge onto a, a, a wedge trying to crack the wood open and using a maul axe, right? I believe in good hard work. I believe that if you put yourself to the task, good things will happen. So imagine my surprise when I really began studying the Bible. And I mean really began studying the Bible. You know, reading it cover to cover, looking word for word. And uh, my surprise when this was not in the Bible. And I was like, I don't know if it was ever told to me explicitly, God helps those who help themselves, or if it was more implicit. Either way, I had believed this. And so I, it raises a question for me, if it ain't in the Bible, like where in the world did this thing come from? And why do Christians say it so much? 
And then also, what's the danger of us believing it as Christians? So I want to pop the hood on this expression today and take a look at where this comes from. Um, I find it interesting that you can find um, a, uh, this, a saying, a similar concept, actually in the Quran of all places. In verse 11 of chapter 13 of the Surah Al-Rad, you'll have to excuse my Arabic, I'm not fluent, but it says, Indeed, Allah will not change the condition of a person until they change what is in themselves. Okay, you can kind of hear that there, but before it was in the Quran, it might come up in this uh, thing we call Aesop's Fables, involving a guy named Hercules, who I'm sure looked like this, no doubt, in my mind. Um, you know, mosaic tiles and all. Uh, it's probably maybe where it stems from. There's a, a fable that goes that Hercules, the demigod, is walking along, and he, he comes across a gentleman whose wagon and cart is off in the ravine. And then uh, he says, Hercules, will you help me? And Hercules says, you best get doing the work yourself. So some people will attribute this saying to Aesop's fables. Some people will attribute it to the Quran. It begins some popular use in the 1600s by a bunch of uh, now dead French people. Um, and then it really comes into a popular publication in the year 1723 by Benjamin Franklin, who publishes it and says, God helps those who help themselves. And ever since then, we really can't shake it out of our lexicon, can we? Like, it lingers. You hear it on the bus, you hear it on the radio, you hear it on the Dave Ramsey show, you hear it on AM talk radio, you hear it on C, you hear it. It's everywhere. It's in churches, but it ain't in the Bible. And that is something that should cause some questions for us as a community. So this saying, I really believe, is a kind of a half-truth and a, and a half-lie. And the interesting thing about those things is that there are bits and pieces in this saying that are helpful and that are true. And then there's parts about it that really are deceiving. We should note, for instance, in Proverbs 13, verse 4, it says... The appetite of the lazy craves and gets nothing, while the appetite of the diligent is richly supplied. I truly believe that God does honor hard work. It's biblical. It is a principle in the Bible that God honors those who are diligent in their tasks. So you can hear it in that saying, God helps those who help themselves. This idea that if I put my, my task to work, if I put my attention to the detail and I do the work required, God will bless you. That is biblical. That is true. That's in there. I like to say this a little bit differently in the words of my favorite theologian. He's a German. You may not be able to pronounce his name. His name is Michael Jordan. And he said, some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. And others just make it happen. When you set yourself to the task, when you do the work, God will bless the endeavor. That's the true part of this God helps those who help themselves. So what's the, the false part of this God helps those who help themselves? Well, I think it's the back part. First, we should recognize that the self-help industry is this massive behemoth that we cannot understand. It is an $11 billion industry with a B, so much so that it has replaced 
professionals with credentials. It has replaced professors with years and years of study. It has replaced pastors with years and years of study and practice. It has replaced licensed counselors and therapists. And now you can just turn to a 200-page self-help book and get the answers you need. You don't need to go to school for eight years to understand human psychology. Here, I'll explain it to you in 150 pages, and that'll be $22, please. The self-help industry is massive. It's huge, and it's offering quick solutions to life's complex problems. And by nature of it being so large and taking up so much of our economy, I think it's true that people are hungry for answers. They are desperate and looking for guidance, and so they turn here. The danger of this self-help, this God helps those who help themselves, it really it just flies in the face of what we know to be true about human experience. And so I think there are three fallacies that I want to lay bare for us this morning about this saying. Things for us to consider and mull over. The first is this saying, God helps those who help themselves, really is that it promises, uh, promotes results without time and effort. John Wooden said it best when he said that it takes time to create excellence. Imagine for a moment all of your favorite musicians, and imagine for a moment, just guess, if you had to guess, how much time did they sink into that talent of theirs? Talent might have gotten them somewhere, right? It might have gotten them a spot at the table. But to really play out to the packed arenas, to sell the tickets, it had to be true talent. And that talent was cultivated over time. And, um, oh, what's his name? This is off my notes. Mr. Maxwell. Nope. Malcolm Gladwell, thank you, in his book, Outliers, he suggests that it takes 10,000 hours to reach proficiency or a master level. So imagine all of the hours that these, that these musicians, whether it's your voice, whether it's a piano, whether it's a guitar, whatever it might be, that they have put into the instrument to practice and hone their skills. It has taken so much time and effort, we cannot even imagine it. Similarly, ask someone who's going through recovery and sobriety, and they will tell you it is a day at a time. A day at a time. Every single day is work to stay sober, to stay clean, and that takes time and effort, and that is what re uh, reveals the results over time. So this idea that you can just buy a 200-page book off Amazon and fix it is a fallacy. And that's the first fallacy, I think, of God helps those who help themselves. The second one is that it promotes radical individualism. It promotes radical individualism. It came as quite a surprise to me. It might come as a surprise to you, I hate to break it to you, but you are not the center of the universe. <laughs> it's so, it's hard, right? One day I will die, and I'm pretty sure the earth will still be here. Um, and that's just the, the matter of the fact. You are, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not a, about me. And that's the lie of the self-help industry, is that it is about you. You are so important you're so important that I need you to pay me $20. <laughs> You're so important. Come to my next big TED Talk. That's the lie of God helps those who help themselves, is that it promotes this radical individualism. So much so that it really shuns the community, if we're being honest. 
And we are, after all, a community of God gathered together to support one another, to pray for one another, to encourage one another, to spur each other on in acts of love. We need each other. We are communal creatures. We were created not only for each other, but for relationship with God. And that's something that flies in the face of those God helps those who help themselves, who just get your spiritual bootstraps on and go do it. Uh-uh, nothing can be further from the truth. We need each other to accomplish amazing things. I cannot do it on myself, and it's not about me. It's not about you. The third fallacy that this sort of lays bare is that it makes you believe you can change yourself. I don't know about y'all, but I still have some bad, 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 bad habits. And I've been trying to change these habits for a long time. And they range from the cute to the hurtful, right? The cute habit is like, I still bite my nails. I'm 35 years old. I can't figure out how to stop biting my nails, right? That's a bad habit. And there are other habits like, I still lie. I still at times get very angry with people in my life. And I say things to them that I regret. I still hold grudges. I'm still tempted to cheat on my taxes. And I'm like, well, maybe I don't have to report that income. Maybe I don't have to do that. Those are bad habits. Those are things that I cannot change about myself. This idea that God helps those who just help themselves. This is the idea that like, you got those spiritual bootstraps, you pull on them hard enough, eventually you will turn into some self-perfected, best version of yourself. But no matter how hard I try and try and try and try, I cannot poof, be the perfect father. Poof, be the perfect husband. Poof, be a great leader at work. Poof, poof, make more money. Poof, do this, do that. It doesn't work that way. And so I want to suggest to us today that we strike this saying from our vocabulary. God helps those who help themselves. And I want to offer, I hope, a more helpful phrase. So I want to offer this up. God helps those who admit they are stuck. God helps those who admit they are stuck. Because no matter how hard I try, I cannot will myself to be a better person. I desperately need God's help. When we heard that scripture from Mark chapter 5, I think that guy in the graveyard is stuck. All the people, all the, the doctors and people would come and they tried to, to fix him, to help him, and nothing worked. He is beating himself with stones. They try and bound him with chains and he breaks those. He doesn't know what to do. He has tried everything. He has pulled so hard on those bootstraps that they have ripped out of his boots. And he is stuck. And the only thing that can fix him, that can help him, that can adjust him, that can set him right is Jesus Christ. He says, Lord, will you help? He cries out to God. And Jesus delivers the man from his condition. It's only when I admit my dependence on God and my own inability to will myself into some best version of me, it's then that God reaches down and takes me by the hand and says, now we can get to work. It's when I admit my dependence on God that God can say, I can work with that. 
I can work with that. It's when I trust the Holy Spirit and all I have to do is show up and say, okay, God, I need your help. It's only then that true transformation can happen. And I pray it's so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.